Rusty Quill presents. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box, and if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hanging Sword Studios presents Clockwork Bird. The Modern Icarus
And that was the last recording? He woke up? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> I don't know. You've heard it. You've listened to everything that I have. He was definitely in there. He was definitely alive, or at least a bit of him was. No, I think it's more complicated than that. Bloody hell, of everyone, I thought that you'd be the least likely to take Sophie Bennett's side. There is one thing Sophie Bennett said I actually think is right, though. When she said that whoever they have with them, wherever they are, it's not Robin. Not my Robin. Not in a way that makes sense. You thought that before I came here and played that to you? Yeah, I did. So you're not going to help? I'm sorry. When I met Alice, she said something, and it's followed me around ever since. She asked me why it mattered that it wasn't my Robin. She asked me why it was that that was important. I left before I could answer because it was important, but I didn't know why. Or at least I couldn't articulate why at the time. For me, it's different than it is for you. Or Alice, or Sophie fucking Bennett. It's different because I knew Robin Yeager. The real Robin Yeager. Not whoever is in his head now. And he died. And it was one of the hardest things in my entire life. You loved him. I loved him more than anything. But that shouldn't matter. Not here. I can't let that cloud my judgement here. Because whoever they're hurting, they're a person. A human being. Robin or not, that is not okay. And it's selfish of me to say I won't help just because he's not the man I loved. It sounds like there are bits of him in there. Tell me something. If someone recorded all of your memories and put them into a computer, a really good computer, and made it talk, would that computer be you? No. Obviously this situation is a lot more complicated than that, but a person is more than just their memories, Shelley. They aren't their body and they aren't their memories. It's something else. And the person that Sophie Bennett, Christopher Darwin and Samuel Maxwell's made by accident in that lab is someone entirely, completely different from the Robin that I knew. But he remembers stuff, doesn't he? I have no idea if he remembers stuff. Just think of it this way. Imagine there's a person who set a building on fire. And that person has a terrible injury and completely loses all of their memory. Are they still responsible for the fire? Um, yes. Why is that? I don't know. Well, they've lost all their memories, but they're still them, aren't they? They still like all the same stuff. See, I've thought about this a lot. And I'm not sure how I'd answer the question anymore. But what I can tell you is that who we are is more to do with our preferences, our attitudes, than it is to do with our memory. Those recordings are the best proof I've had that whoever they've got at Yuko, that's not my Robin. What? How? That makes no sense. Well, if you're right, and the files were put there by whoever it is, they aren't Robin because Robin would never have done that. What? I knew him better than anyone, and I know what he was like. And I know he wouldn't have done that. He would not have reached out. He would not have asked for help. Not for this long, not with this determination. He would not have done that. I don't understand. Oh, Robin Yeager. Where to start, God. It was at school where I met him. He was a couple of years above me and hung around with the kind of crowd parents want their kids to avoid. 
He wasn't a bad kid or anything, not really, but he had something in his eyes even then, this rage. Whenever he walked into a room, I'd get all fluttery. <laughs> I couldn't stop staring at him. It was like there was a fire just under the surface of his skin and I couldn't bear to look away. A stupid teenage crush. One I couldn't even admit to myself I had back then. <laughs> I was still in the closet. I, I cut my hair short and people started calling me a lesbian, so I don't know. I believed them. I did fancy girls. I still do now. But I couldn't make the butterflies stop whenever I saw Robin Yeager. It was all very melodramatic, <laughs> to be honest. I tried to fall in with him a little bit. We kissed. I even went to his house a few times. His dad was so pointed about it, you know, making an effort to remark how pretty I was every time I was there. Robin, for all the kissing we'd do in private, it just seemed to make him really uncomfortable. Mostly we just played video games. As soon as Mama got wind of me sneaking around behind the bike sheds and smoking cigarettes, she pulled me out of that school and sent me somewhere else. It was the best thing she could have ever done for me in the end, because it was a new beginning, when nobody knew who I was. I told people I went by Noah, and nobody called me by my dead name anymore, not even at home, after a year or two. When I turned 16, I came out as trans, and I decided I wanted to go to college, not the sixth form. There were a few kids in my old school there, but none of them recognised me. None except for Robin. I had expected him to be cruel about it. I knew what kind of guy he was. It was at a party when he asked me. We talked about who I was and how I'd known, and he told me he had a secret he was too scared to tell anyone else. When I asked what it was, he <laughs> he just kissed me. We didn't start dating, not openly anyway. His dad was homophobic, horrendously so. His dad was a military guy, you know. He expected Robin, his only child, his only son, to be just like him and follow him into the forces. Robin never really showed any interest, even though his dad took him to RAF shows and trailed him around military museums. Robin liked, well, he liked birds and poetry and dancing and, well, lots of things, but none of them were the right things. His dad didn't start hitting him until he was ten. He caught him playing with the boy next door at the bottom of the garden. They were just holding hands as they poked sticks in the mud. After that, his dad made him get up every morning and run before school. He worked Robin so hard, it was unbelievable. Robin kept failing out because he was so exhausted. That's why he was still in college. But every time he failed, his dad worked him harder and he was just even more exhausted and then he'd fail again. My second year in college, Robin's family had a New Year's Eve party and Robin and I stuck outside just before midnight. Someone was already letting off fireworks down the street. Maybe their clock was fast or something, but it felt like they were for us. He stood on the wall and started talking. He could really talk, you know, when he wanted to avoid saying something. And then he jumped down and he pulled me close and he told me that he loved me. Midnight struck and inside the house people started going wild, but outside it was just me and him and it was perfect. I told him I loved him too. He was so young. It was all so pure. 
I was 17, he was almost 19. He swooped close, leaned down and kissed me like he'd never kissed me before. We were both so lost in it that we didn't hear it when the front door opened. I thought Robin's dad was going to kill him. You've seen that scar on his eyebrow in the photographs. Sometimes they blur it out, but sometimes you can see it. Robin's head hit the corner of the wall. I have never seen so much blood. It was on the bottom of my jeans. I remember just looking at this splatter of blood and thinking it was just so, so red. Too red to be real. Robin's dad went back inside and I called an ambulance. After that, Robin stayed with friends. My family didn't have a lot of room, but he slept on our sofa a few times, only ever for a couple of nights. And then he told me he was enlisting. I couldn't believe it, but when he explained, it started to make a weird sort of sense. He had no qualifications and I was going to university. When I came back, he said that he'd have got enough money and the two of us could live together. Did you? <laughs> well, a week into uni, I realised it wasn't for me. Not really. I decided I'd do the rest of my degree online and keep living with my parents, working locally, saving up so Robin and I could live together sooner. I know it sounds mad, us being so young, but he had nowhere to live when he came back on leave, and like I said, my parents' house was not big enough for him to stay more than a couple of days. We could squeeze into my single bed, but, well, he was a big guy. So within about nine months, we could afford to rent a rat in Hithai Bay. I lived there, and he lived there too, on the brief times he was back. Everything was fine. Difficult, the way things always are when you're young and you're learning how to be in love, but things started changing after he finished his training. He was talking to his parents again, and his dad convinced him to join the SAS, like he had done. Robin couldn't talk about what he was doing, where he was going. He would be gone for weeks, sometimes months at a time, and I had no idea where he was. Sometimes I wouldn't hear from him until he got back. Others, he would send me these emails, just so empty, so devoid of anything meaningful that he might as well have not sent them at all. In fact, I'd rather he hadn't. But he was happy when he was with me. He was okay. Sometimes in the night when he would wake up crying and nothing I could say would do to help, I'd just sit with him and talk to him. He'd lay with his head in my lap and I'd sing to him as he fell asleep. It was the lullaby my mother sang to me when I was a child. Alouette. It means lark in French. My mother is French-Canadian, you see. That's why my accent's a bit weird. Things with Robin, they just got worse and worse. I tried to get him to open up, but he just wouldn't. He was convinced somehow that this was all that he could do. All he was good for. He was fighting physically, but... All of the real fight in him, it was gone, like a light going out. That's the thing, you see. I think that with a lot of work, maybe, just maybe, he could have got better, but he didn't. No. Instead, he just got worse and worse. And then... And then he met Christopher Darwin. Yeah, they're fond of the military over at Yuko. They approach a lot of guys in active conflict with their NDAs and such like. You're more likely to get shot in the head if you're in the army. That's prime cadaver real estate for Yuko. 
Ideally, they want a pristine body and a defunct brain. Gunshot will do that just fine. Except most of the guys, they'd talk to Darwin a few minutes and they'd agree, or they'd turn him down and that would be the end of it, but not Robin. He started to send me these emails. Darwin came in again and we talked about the singularity, he'd say. As far as I know, Robin never cared about technology or computers or anything like that before, but something about the way Darwin talked about it all, it had Robin completely hooked. We could upload ourselves into a better world, he'd tell me. We'd be able to get away from everything that had gone wrong for us in this one. I'd say, Robin, look, it's not so bad. We can make things work. Things will get better. But he was not convinced. He would talk about the singularity and he'd talk about Darwin and he'd say what a great service to science it would be if he died. And they got to use him. But he wasn't right. He just wasn't right. And when I tried to talk to him about it, he wouldn't listen. And then, well, then, you know, the first time he tried to kill himself, it was overseas. It was a mess when they finally brought him back. His hands never worked quite the same either. He damaged the tendons. For a little while at home, he was better. It was good. It was okay. He seemed like things were getting better. But a little bit at a time... Every job rejection, every missed payment of bills, every little thing, all of it, it just chipped away at him. And bit by bit, they got to be, I don't know, less and less of Robin, of my Robin. He would go on and on about what a monster he was, what an animal. And he couldn't. And then again, he tried. And I just didn't know what to do after that. Well, after that, he... He just barely spoke at all. And it got to be that he'd try every month, sort of half-heartedly, you know, and then it got more and more, and he was really... Uh, by that point, I could tell you really meant it every time. I, I knew that he wanted to be dead. And I kept making him carry on, and I think he resented me for it. In the end, a little bit. Because I just couldn't let him go. I wouldn't let him. But of course I wouldn't, because he was sick and he needed help. And if he got help, he wouldn't want this. He wouldn't think about getting up and sitting with me at our little table and think, no, never again, impossible. If he wasn't sick, he wouldn't have wanted it, would he? So I had to keep trying, but... And it's a big thing, saying this, I just... I was so tired. I have never forgiven myself for it, for letting him go like I did. But I was just so, so tired. I knew I couldn't help him. And I thought that maybe somebody else could. And in the end, I just had to. I had to take him to the hospital. And I never, I've never forgiven myself for leaving him. Because that woman, Sophie Bloody Bennett, he'd only been there a month. And she came and she spoke to him again about whether or not they could keep him on the register, given that he was no longer in active service. And then the next day, the next day, he was gone. I loved him so much and so hard, Shelley. And he looked so beautiful the last time I saw him. It was a beautiful day. We were sat outside the hospital and the sun caught in his eyes and they, they were so alive. Such a brilliant green. And he smiled like he hadn't smiled for years. And he looked so, so beautiful. Radiant. And he said to me, 
Noah. I'm going to make it all better. And I brushed the hair from his cheek and I said I loved him and that things would get better in the end. And he said, I'm sorry. Oh, fucking hell, he said, I'm so sorry. And that was it. That was the end. I loved him with my whole heart and it wasn't enough. And there is no way in hell that the Robin Yeager I knew would have done any of this. Because he couldn't. Not after everything he'd been through. Not after everything he'd been put through since. He could have got better, but not on his own. Not by being hurt even more than he already was. My Robin is dead. He's gone. But there is someone else in there now. And we have to help them. Clockwork Bird or the Modern Icarus is a podcast distributed by Hanging Soft Studios under a Creative Commons International Sharealike license. This episode stars Daisy Major as Shelley and me, writer, director, and producer Pippin Ada Major as Eliza, Noah Davis, and the Snake. As a new podcasting studio, every like, share, and recommendation means the world to us. The podcast is written, directed, performed, edited and produced on no budget and exists only through the incredible time and energy all of our actors put into the show for absolutely no fee. You can stop by to say hi to us on Twitter at Hanging Sloths or you can visit our website hangingsloststudios.wordpress.com where you'll find transcripts of all of our episodes. Consider sponsoring us at patreon.com forward slash hanging sauce studios to help us keep making the podcast support our cast and get access to behind the scenes content that's patreon.com forward slash hanging sauce studios deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.